0: Check it out. After a, what, three, four week uh, hiatus, I'm going to go ahead and come back to a hot topic, and I should hit the next Sarlacc show. So sorry for being gone. Shit happens. You know, uh, sometimes you got to deal with life and work and everything else and, and live in the real world and not in a galaxy far, far away. So that's what I had to do for a while. But I'm back in my little world, ready to talk some Star Wars with you guys, and there's been a lot going on, so I want to kind of jump right into it. But before doing that, and I don't want to talk about all the crap I've been through, but I want to talk about something good, uh, a little bragging for a minute. My oldest son applied to one college, applied on the second, got accepted on the third to Oregon State. So uh, my my eldest kid is off to college now, and uh, I got a year left with him, so gonna have a blast with that so I just wanted to take a second to brag and tell him congratulations and I'm very proud of him and you know and, and he's gonna do bigger and better things than I've ever dreamed of doing for myself so I'm I'm super proud of him it's it's every parent's dream and, and hope that their kid grows up and outshines them and does better and learns from my mistakes and things I did or didn't do and he is well on his way so very excited congratulations Luke I love you So as you guys know, uh, on this show, I don't take a whole lot of notes. I don't do a whole lot of prep, and nothing has changed in the past month. So we're going to kind of wing it here. I I do know there's been a lot of news, and I'm sure I'm going to miss some of it since I didn't go back and review it all. But a couple of things that, you know, popped in my head that I'm going to go ahead and and jump into here. I'm going to start off with a bit of a, a, not a rant, but going on this Chuck Wendig getting fired from Marvel And his Shadow of Vader comic. Um, You know, when you have a job and you know who your employers are, being Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel at this point, you have a certain responsibility online. Uh, When I was coaching uh, baseball, I was very, very careful what i would post or what i would say online as myself you know the hoth or sarlacc pages you know on the side those were different but as myself you would never post things that would make yourself look bad uh give yourself a bad reputation uh possibly you know um hurt what you have built so knowing that i know there's a responsibility online for people that respect you that that expect to see certain things from you, and you can't say certain things. You can't do certain things. Chuck Wendig, I've watched on Twitter, um, not a huge Twitter follower, but I've, I've caught him on there, and I've seen things he said in, uh, on Twitter itself and in other reports. And the guy does go off, no doubt. And it's not much different than what I do here. You know, he rants, he cusses, he goes off, he, t- he takes on trolls, attacks them, Uh, Things I do on Facebook, Instagram, and on this show. The difference is I'm not employed by Disney, Lucasfilm, or Marvel. Although if you guys want to call me up and and give me a gig and and come on a show or or send me places to talk, I'm completely up for it, all of you, okay? Kathy, give me a call. We'll uh, work something out. I'll, I'll, I'll lead a panel, whatever you need. I don't give a shit. But with that said, if I was in that position, I would know better. I would know better than to go off and curse and rant and go crazy like he has. He has every right to do so. Everybody does have a right to say whatever they want. Problem is, there are consequences to those actions. This is different than, say, the the James Gunn thing, where James Gunn said things a decade ago, right? Got hired knowing those things were there, and then got fired because of them because somebody bitched, which I think is... You know, all what he said aside, he was already in that position, and, and I think the the firing was probably ill-advised, though I understood it. I don't think it was the right thing to do, but I, I got it, at least. With this, he's already employed. He's got a gig, man. He's written books. He's in the middle of doing this, uh, this new comic, all this stuff, and you, you can't say anything without the thought of Consequence. And that's what's going on here. I don't necessarily love Chuck Wendig. Uh, You guys know I've I've talked about Aftermath before. Um, The Aftermath trilogy as a whole is great. It's a great part of the story. Aftermath itself, the first book was a snooze. Um, Though I have read it. read them all, then I listened to them all twice. So I've I've gone through those books three times. So they're not bad books. Really good story, like I said. You just have to get through his writing style um, a bit. So, I wasn't even too sure how the Vader comic was going to go, if he was going to get overly... I don't like to say overly political in Star Wars, because Star Wars is pretty fucking political anyway, right? I don't know where he was going to go with it. I, When I see a Vader comic, just like the ones going on now, I like to see a badass Vader and, and you know, get, get that piece. I don't know where he was going to go, but I was excited to see it. At least give it a shot, right? But he blew that. You, you just... You got to know your role, guys. You got to know your place. You got to know your limits on things. So the Chuck Wendig firing and them canceling, at least seemingly canceling that comic arc, um, is is a bit of a bummer. But again, you gotta you, you you lay in the bed you make, and that's exactly what he has to do right now is deal with that. So I support everybody's obviously opinions, uh, right to say things. I say whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want. Um, and I know there could be consequences to that any time. But my job doesn't depend on what I say on Sarlacc or Hoth topic. So his job does depend on that. So he was kind of, you know, toeing that line of he had to know. You know, if I say these things, the the parent companies aren't going to dig this, you know. Now, mind you, coming from, from a, a comic book side... I don't know that anybody would would have cared what he had said. I think the comics still would have sold this and that. So, do I think anybody should be fired over it? Probably not. But the, the the consequences are there anytime you say anything, do anything. So it it can't be that big of a shock when you do look at his tweets. The dude does go off. He's he's like Darth Dad, but with money. So that's really all I'll say about that. It's not a not a huge deal. I don't think we're losing a, a huge bit. I think they'll. Uh, Revive that comic. Um, we'll get more Vader comics, which are awesome. And I, mind you, I'm behind right now in the in the actual Vader title, so I'll catch up on that. But everything they've put out for Vader has been gold. Everything I've read has been phenomenal. Um, and I I do expect them to keep going forward with that. I know a lot of people actually ask for a Darth Vader standalone film, which I think we've had enough. The Vader the the whole nine episodes will be the skywalker saga and that pretty well encompasses vader between that and clone wars and everything i don't think we need a standalone kick-ass you know even rated r uh, vader movie i don't need any of that i think the comics and the books fill in what i need to fill in i get the story i see the movie in my head when i'm reading the books or the comics right it's right there for you that's plenty we don't need that on the big screen um but i hope they just keep going with these these comics and and adding on to his story now, in a more positive light, and I know the, the guys at Sarlacc covered most of this, but I didn't get to get my input this week. You know, I missed the 40th episode, the first episode I've missed of Sarlacc, and it was the frickin' 40th, which I would have loved to have been there for, Um, because they covered the second half of Episode 3 as well, which I'll get into later. I think I'm going to close with that part. But I know they talked about these other items, but I just want to get my, my three cents in. So Jon Favreau... Um, announced the, the title, and I know I'm way late on this, just bear with me, of The Mandalorian, his TV show uh, for the streaming service. And we got our picture of The Mandalorian in gear, uh, looking a lot like the um, 1313 video game art that was supposed to come out, you know, quite similar to that kind of kind of garb. Uh, we also saw a Easter egg already, of Boa Fett's prototype weapon that was sitting there. So we've seen a lot of cool stuff already, and I'm I'm pretty pumped. I'm glad it's about Mandalorian a Mandalorian uh, that's not necessarily Jango or Boba. Um, we don't know what it's going to be, but I'm pumped about it. It's got me excited. So I want to talk about that for just a minute and some of my thoughts, maybe a theory or two. Um, we'll start with that weapon. The weapon, you know, I've, I've seen plenty of people point to, oh, this is going to be Boba Fett showing up, and that's his weapon, and, and this and that. I really just think, honestly, it's an Easter egg. It's a throwback. It's it's a, hey, guys, look what I did. Uh, I, I know the lore. I know this old stuff, and, and we're going to use this weapon as, as part of this show. Uh, and it's an it's a awesome, awesome job doing that because it does show they pay attention. They they do their homework, and I do trust Favreau with this. You know, Iron Man 1 is one of the best Marvel movies out there. Um, I'm not going to get into my Marvel list of, of great movies, but Iron Man 1 I could watch whenever the hell, you know. Um, so I do dig that. I do trust him with this. I do think it's gonna be good. And with a lot of fans I see online, it's like, oh, can we get excited about this after The Last Jedi? I am so tired of hearing that. You know what? Fuck off. If you're if you're in, you're in, if you're out, you're out. There's no toe in the line anymore. It it's all on board. I had that discussion online with some people yesterday about it. And it's it's a matter of If you're a Star Wars fan, you take the good, you take the bad. Just like being a a sports fan, right? I'm an Angel fan. God damn it, I've been an Angel fan my whole life. And there have been a lot more bad seasons than there are good. Do I turn my back on them and become a Dodger fan? Fuck no, I hate the Dodgers. Do I turn my back on Star Wars now and become a Star Trek fan? Fuck no, I'm a Star Wars fan. I don't hate Star Trek. The new stuff's okay. But I wouldn't just turn my back on what I love and what I've been a fan of because there's one thing I don't like. And if everybody bitching about TLJ is turning their back like they turn their back on Solo, fuck them. is great. I've watched Solo several times now. Several times. um, And you're going to turn your back on Resistance, which I'll talk about in a minute, and you're going to turn your back on Nine, and you're going to turn your back on the shows. Fuck off. Why are you still around? Go away. Go away. I'm, just, I'm done. I'm done arguing. I'm not going to do it anymore. But there's no reason to say, oh, I'm done with this, I lost my love for it. If you were a fan, you wouldn't have lost your love for the entire saga. Episode 8, love it or hate it, or, or indifferent about it, it's just part of the story. Move on and see what else comes out. And be excited about it, damn it. Don't even be cautiously optimistic. Be fucking excited. We're getting Star Wars stuff. We're getting Star Wars stuff for the foreseeable future. Uh, There is no stop to this that I, that I can see. You know, like uh, Scott had made me get all emotional weeks and weeks ago about there will be Star Wars stories after I'm dead. It's going to happen like that. You know, we have this for a long time. Be excited for everything. If you don't like it, move it to the side. Put it in its place in its lore, move it to the side, and move on to the next thing. It's what you got to do with everything, right? There are filler episodes. There are episodes of shows that you might not like. Walking Dead went through two low seasons, right? And I still dig that. I'm still watching that. Same thing happened, you know, take Dexter. When we watched Dexter, there was a season or two like Shit or Sons of Anarchy. They are not all gold. But for the overall story, I still love them all. And that's what you got to do with, with Star Wars. If you didn't like it, move past it, and get to the next piece and love it. Or try to love it. Don't just go in there with some closed-ass mind like, oh, it's going to suck. Because it's a, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If you think something's going to suck, if you think something's going to upset you, you go in there with a negative attitude. That's what you're going to get when you come out. Okay. Now, the Mandalorian, back to that, um, off my little rant there. I, it's kind of hard to figure out what's going to happen, right? So in, in the canon, Django wasn't really uh, a Mandalorian. I know that hurts everybody's feelings, and we obviously know Boba was a clone, so he wasn't really a Mando. But I'm wondering if this guy is truly a Mando. Did he find armor? Is this somebody who found an old set of Django or Boba's armor and kind of uses it and repaints it and re reuses it? You see the helmet's kind of like not painted. He could have taken an old Boba helmet because you know he's got more than one and sandblasted it and just made his own thing. Um, this could be a whole thing of, you guys remember Johto cast and things like that from the old the old EU. We could have a, a, a issue there where he's pretending to be Boba Fett, which would be pretty cool um, because I do fully expect Easter eggs of Boba Fett and I do expect 100% through this was a 10-episode arc that we do see Boba Fett. Whether he's in armor or not, whether it's a flashback or not, I absolutely 100% feel that we're going to see Boba Fett. Uh, The twist would be, obviously, if this Mandalorian pertaining to be somebody else or naming somebody else actually is Fett. I don't really see that happening. I think he's going to be like some kind of gunslinger, bounty hunter, badass, um, his own character but playing off maybe of the role or the reputation of the Mandos um, somewhere around there. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen enough to get a whole bunch of theories going. We haven't got names. We haven't got anything. But I can see just just from the pictures, I mean, he looks badass. Um, They've paid attention to the detail, like I mentioned. I do think we're going to get parts of the old lore in here and and discussion and flashbacks or um, whether he has notes or notebooks or hollows of of Fett doing his thing, and he studies that. I, there could be all sorts of coolness here. You know, we don't know where he's going to end up, what part of the galaxy this is all going to be in. You, you know, it's, it's a really cool opportunity for us to get something new, and, and everybody knows. I mean, you know, Ernie, er, they're all big Mandalorian fans. You know, you have the Mando-Mercs. The Mandalorians are a huge, huge part of the Star Wars lore that we haven't got to dive into. We haven't got into things like the old Mando Wars, um, and, and things like that, and we're not going to here. This is this is post Return of the Jedi, so we're not going to go back in time to to the old Republic and and see that kind of thing. But we could get touches on it, you know. I, I don't see the the dark saber coming up or things like that. I don't see Sabine showing. I don't see any of that. I don't even see him going to Mandalore in my in my head, um, though that would be a fucking rad if he did. But is he a German protector? Is he just some kind of wannabe? Is he just using the gear? I don't know, but I I could I could definitely see um a couple of surprises along the way. And wouldn't it be badass if you if we got Tamura Morrison to his role of Django as older Boba, kind of have him tore up and and stuff and kind of either in the background or playing a a role model for him or, you know, showing up eventually and taking his mantle back, being upset that somebody else is out there as a Mando bounty hunter, Um, maybe taking Boba's reputation or using Boba's name, whatever it may be, something like that. Play off of that, surprise us, make us all go, holy shit. And 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 really do something special there. And it's a bit of fan service. But what the fuck? That's what it's about. Right. We're we're fans. Give us fan service. That's what I want to see. I want I want to be I want to be um, happy with new stuff that I've never seen. And I want to be surprised with stuff I did see that that brings it f- makes it familiar. Uh, I want to see all that. And I'm really excited for this uh this Mando show. And it's, I'm kind of bummed it's only 10 episodes and I hope I'm bummed after the 10 episodes that it's over. Um, cause I would hate to be like, oh, well, thank God, you know, cause everything takes a little bit of warming up too. You gotta get used to it. You gotta get used to new characters and all these things, but I, I really hope it just grabs me in the first episode. I'm, I'm a hundred percent in and, and let's do this. And again, I trust Fevero, um, very much with this. I think they made a great choice. Um, I usually think they make great choices besides the Lego guys on solo, but you know, everything else, I think they've, they've always done a great job. And then speaking of things that are new and people should give a chance and people bitch about before they see it or, or, or go a couple episodes is Resistance premiered and the first three episodes um are out and I've seen or tried to see my on demand is goofy as hell so sometimes I'll miss five or ten minutes of it when it scrambles out I don't know what the fuck's happening I feel like I'm a back in the eighties trying to watch a porn on a scrambled TV sometimes with this thing I don't know come on FIOS fix your shit but um for the most part it got me the first the first hour-long episode, uh, the, the pilot episode or the the, the premiere, um, was solid, you know, it was nothing to make me jump around and be like, hey, you know, this is fantastic, but none of them have in the beginning, right, Clone Wars didn't do that right off the bat, uh, Re- Rebels didn't do that right off the bat, it took a couple, you know, episodes to really get the story going and, and take a turn to, to get me into it. But right, right into resistance. You know, you you've got Kaz and and, and you meet Poe, you see Poe, and you meet all these different characters, um, and and you get right into the feel of you're in Star Wars. Again, any, anything where I start seeing my my characters, I see blasters. We talk about the First Order, the Resistance, the Rebellion, the the New Republic, um, all these things. It gets me right into it because I know what we see in the movies is such a small part of the galaxy, a small part of what's going on, a small part of the, the government or the fight. Um, so to see this side side story of a spy trying to pull out, uh, a first order agent, um, is pretty cool. You know, um, the kid's obviously a, a bit of a bumble as a spy, but he's a great pilot. Um, best in the galaxy. If you watch the first one, how it gets all thrown off, I'm not going to go through character names because I completely didn't take notes, and I I'm, I'll get them eventually. But the first couple episodes, I don't have all their names. But the I don't know if he's an android, alien, cyborg, whatever the fuck. But the guy, you know, is a as a comic relief character, and he's all right. He's not going to drive me nuts. I don't think he's going to be the new Jar Jar. I know there's already things out that people hate him, but you know, I'm I'm completely cool with him. Uh, Just to see this and to see bits of the First Order, like uh, the episode right off the bat with the X-Wings, right, brings you right in to to Star Wars. I loved the fact that we saw X-Wings in animation, doing things, making maneuvers, seeing Poe flying through, um, you know, against a TIE fighter. Everybody talking about First Order, bringing up Phasma, seeing Poe, seeing Leia, you know, all sorts of things already have, have grabbed me. And um, I'm excited about this. And people need to give things like this a chance. And I know there are people that say animation don't count, Rich. But they do. And they do to the story. And there are great things um, in the animation. And it may not be the entire episode or the entire arc or the entire series. But there are always little bits of things that are important to the lore. And already in the beginning, you see they pay attention to detail too. They already have aliens from the original trilogy um, from the new trilogy, you you see these characters that you've seen before, not necessarily the characters, but the the species, the races, and that's fantastic. You know, so they've taken a good a bit of detail. They've added new 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 aliens, obviously. Um, I wasn't too sure how it was gonna be when I saw the ships. I was like, oh, please don't let these be starfighters, but they're they're not really. They're you know racing racing ships, and that's cool. And you're kind of like it's kind of like Top Gun in Star Wars, is how I see it. And, and i'm i'm digging it so far it's it's all right everybody's got to give it a chance you know cuz all of a sudden we're going to see big ass things they've mentioned they've gone up to star killer base um we're we're going to see big stuff here i fully expect to see something with snoke in it i fully expect to see kylo uh, i fully expect to see more of obviously the the resistance folks um whether we go into we should be we should see people like snap and you know nine nunba and and go through those folks. It would be great to to see those guys on film, and I I do think we're gonna get or on film on on the animation, and I think that's gonna be a great link. And this series is supposed to go right into the Force Awakens, which I think is really fucking cool. Um, <clears throat> the other part though, the one one part that does bug me, and I've I've mentioned this uh, to the guys, I may have mentioned it on Sarlacc, I might even mention it here, is I'm I'm the book guy, right? I like to read the books. So when you read Phasma, you know that Cardinal had special red armor, and it was specific to Cardinal. They gave it to him for a certain reason to show that he was different. And then Phasma made her own. Nobody gave her the chrome armor. She made her own out of Palpatine's old yacht, um, his Naboo yacht. So why the fuck do I have a red or Crimson TIE Fighter pilot? Why do I have a gold trooper? I shouldn't have these things. That part bugs me. I need to get better explanation on that. I, I, I'm i not digging that part. That 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 should have stuck to the canon and left those two as special because now if I know that, you know, you can get a, a red TIE Fighter pilot or a, a purple Stormtrooper, I I don't need all that shit. I, I liked it when it was, I liked it really when it was just Phasma. Cardinal in the book made sense that Phasma made her own armor. to kind of, Show that she was better than him, or put her on the same level, and and that kind of thing. So that kind of made sense. I was totally cool with that, you know. But th- this piece, it, that's gonna take me a little bit of, of warming up. I'm that that throws away uh, a little bit of that book, which is is pretty important. I mean, not major important, but that that piece right there, with with how the armor looks, was very specific in that book of why they had it, and I I think that's kind of kind of fucking things up a little bit though. The red tie and the red trooper do obviously, red pilot obviously do look badass. There's no no getting around that. And I'm not dumb. I get that it's, you know, toy sales, merchandise, things like that. You you can't just keep throwing regular, you know, looking stormtroopers and tie pilots out there and think that anybody's going to care. And you do want want to differentiate. But I think different stripes and you know different symbols on their armor or the the cape or whatever, like on Phasma and and, and Cardinal, things like that. Make a difference. I I just think that they they went a step too far there. But you know, again, I'll give it a chance. Fuck it, explain it out. I'll be cool. So I mean, basically, in short, if you haven't watched Resistance yet, you know, give it a whirl. It's it's uh, it's I think it's gonna be fun. It's obviously a little more lighthearted. You know, just kind of like Rebels was lighthearted, especially in the beginning. But if you give it time, Rebels turned into a really, really good story, and I think the same thing's going to happen here, and it's going to give us background, it's going to set us up for The Force Awakens, and and that's what we, we need or we want or we should want, you know, as fans, is, is get that little bit more. Because we don't have a whole lot in between Jedi, okay, I should, I should say, in between Aftermath and The Force Awakens, you know, Bloodline and Phasma, um, Lost Stars, kind of to a point. Um, these things give us a little bit, but it's not, a ton and and uh, the Poe the Poe comics there there's not a lot in there they haven't dove deep although I hear we're getting a Snoke one-shot too, uh comics so that should be pretty cool but we haven't got a lot there so filling in the blanks here is all part of this master plan and you know we're not getting the the Luke's Academy yet we're not getting Ben turning into Kylo yet we're not getting Knights of Ren yet those things will all come but this is a nice first step into coming coming back in time and, and filling in this 30-year gap um, or even 27-year gap if we take in Aftermath. You know, give us this 27-year gap filled in. Um, this is more filling in the six years between Bloodline and The Force Awakens. Um, but give it a shot, you know. A- a animation is key for all this. You know, they can't put everything on film, budget-wise, timing-wise, everything-wise, story-wise. You know, you got to fill it in with comics, with books, uh, with animation, and all of it plays a role. All of it counts. It's not just the big screen. Star Wars is bigger ...than just movies. Star Wars, as you guys know, in my heart and hopefully in yours, is is a much larger, much more important story than just what we see on the screen. Many people only know what they see on film, and that's fine. I'll fill in the blanks for them. I don't give a shit. But there is so much more. I mean, just take that... Take, for example, the Solo, Right. Um, I got a guy at work he hadn't seen Solo same thing as everybody else right now I didn't want to see it for the last Jedi well fuck off first of all but what I did was I gave him my digital copy of Solo and he watched it he loved it but the first thing he texted me at the end before he says he loves it was oh my god Darth Maul's alive how the fuck that happened well you're missing out when you're not watching the cartoons or paying attention to the lore and it's out there it's not like it's hidden you don't have to pay for it you've got cable you've got, you can stream it you can download it you can do whatever the fuck you can find these things um, and they are important. It takes a little bit of uh, investment and in time, but shit, most of us are sitting on computer well, sitting on computers, sitting on phones, doing things, watching other shows. pop this on. It t- only takes you what 22 minutes each episode go through it in time, you'll get through it. you know we've got a lot of time between movies, fill yourself in you know have a, have a when you're sitting there doing your morning thing, having breakfast, pop on a fucking episode of Clone Wars, pop on an episode of rebels and start catching the fuck up. Though I think all four of you that listen to this show are, are pretty well caught up. But for God's sakes, tell your friends. Watch the fucking shows. So now we're going to jump into a little bit of episode nine stuff. Episode nine, uh, we don't have a whole lot. Obviously no title, no crawl, no big, 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 big news. But rumors are starting to come out from the set or about from scripts. And we know how rumors go, right? Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. Most time they're wrong. Um you know, I have more fun doing theories and talking rumors. Usually, I said, but there's a couple of things in here that kind of lay into what we um, have talked about on Sarlacc and on this show. Um, first of all, the rumor again of seeing a force ghosts, force ghosts showing up, which is a big part of the saga. You know, they they mentioned it coming up at the end of episode three. They uh, obviously we saw Obi Wan and Yoda and even uh older Anakin at the end of Jedi and and throughout uh Empire and and Jedi and we we got obviously got to see Yoda in episode 8 but what we were missing was that um art from the Force Awakens where we saw uh, a mix of Vader and Anakin uh, you know the light and the dark fighting each other still um and we know or we can assume that Kylo has spoken to Anakin at some point, the way he was talking to the helmet in The Force Awakens, um, saying, show me again, to, you know, the power. You know, you have to assume at this point he has spoken to the Force Ghost. And so the rumor is now that we're going to see, obviously, Force Ghost Luke. I mean, there was never a doubt in my mind Force Ghost Luke would show up and either help Rey fuck with Kylo or do both. Um, but also that there would be a... Reunion of type between, or reunion of of, of Vader and Luke. That they would show up as Anakin and and Luke as Force Ghost form. So I would have assumed, and it probably could still be true, that it would have been Hayden Christensen. Well, the rumor is now they're using Hayden, but they're using uh, CGI effects to kind of mix his face and Sebastian Shaw's face to make it, more recognizable to the last one but with Hayden doing it. Uh I think I at this point I would rather stick with the special edition where they put Anakin in as his last cuz we've we've learned through um from a certain point of view that they pretty much take the form of what whatever they want at this point whatever they remember themselves at as and that that to me would be uh Hayden, right? That's the last time he was really Anakin besides dying on the Death Star. So that, to me, would be where he would show up and, and appear. So I would love to see Hayden Christensen and Mark Hamill together and, and get a, a nice tie-in from the prequels to the originals to the to the sequels and have them either, I don't know if I could just say battling, right? Because the the rumor is it would, uh, the Force Ghost of Anakin would jump back and forth, dark and light, dark and light, because he's got two sides to him. Um, so there's a point where Luke has to kind of talk his dad back again as a force ghost or or what have you. But I would love, love to see this. But if we've already seen the fact that Kylo has talked to Vader, you know, going straight Dark Vader. OK, that sounded, dumb. It sounded like I didn't know what I was talking about. Dark Darth Vader um, with Kylo. And then you got light side Luke with Rey. That would be pretty cool. I would love to see some kind of kind of uh, scene with that. Um, so that's the rumor you know we're gonna we're gonna see that and that was a rumor before but I do believe and we've talked about it that that was gonna come up it's inevitable it, it's it really um it would be a disservice not to have a force ghost Anakin show up and either wreak havoc or or help save save Kylo on uh, one of the two the other rumor is and I don't know if it's wishful thinking on people's part because they just haven't let the fuck go is that there would be a, a raised family reunion of sorts that, um, whether it's her parents or uh, a brother or a son or somewhat, we would see we're far enough along now where she either has a kid, um, found family or what have you, but there will be more of Ray's lineage in this. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm okay if she had a kid. I'm okay, but I, I mean, shit, is it Finn's? Is it Poe's? Is what the fuck is, is, was she. You know, immaculate like Shmi. Did she? Did she just have a forced baby? Who the hell knows? But that—that's the the rumor there. Not sh- too sure how that would play out. I do have to do a little more thinking there um, to kind of theory craft that. But it would—it would make sense in a way if we go up. We would have to go up like seven years for that really to make sense to me, right? Give her a year to to fall in love or so, and then uh have a kid with someone whether it's like again poe or finn i don't i I don't there's no way it's kylo right unless he you know inseminates or impregnates or uh through the force which would be pretty cool too actually let's go with that i'm gonna go with that i'm gonna go with kylo somehow knows how to do what happened in Plagueis. um that he can create life that he studied enough that he can create life uh, I think I'd be pretty down with that. Uh, yeah, I'm good with that. We're going to go with that. That's my new theory. Definitely Kylo impregnated her across the galaxy. Okay, write it down. That shit's happening. Um, The other thing, obviously, we know Lando's in the film. Okay, we had called that a long ago, that, that after the the unfortunate death of Carrie Fisher, and they would already written Luke to, to die, that they needed an original character to come in in a leadership role. I put that in the the crawl that we did um, on Hope Reborn, which should still be the title. Lucasfilm, JJ, Kathy, whoever the fuck. Hey, Hope Reborn. That's the title. I already did your crawl for you. Just do it. Roll with that story. But we knew Lando would have to come in, so we don't know what it's going to be. Like a lot of people had the the. This is a very popular opinion that he should have been uh, the code breaker. Right, the the master slicer. Uh, I never thought that that would have worked myself. I know we talked about that on on episode ten. Um, his role wouldn't be that he's a, a a droid expert, you know, as we've now seen through Solo and everything. He's a droid guy, not a slicer, not a code breaker. Um, he even had to hire a Ewok code breaker for a mission during last shot. So it, that's that's really not his his role. His role is going to be being drawn back into the fight knowing that he got this call from Leia on Crate and was too late to come and help and that the resistance is being destroyed that he's lost Han now that Luke is gone that people he's had time and adventures and history with are gone and and you know at this point Leia will be gone he's he's going to be drawn back into this fight to help out and carry on what they did i see him totally in a in a Akbar role but bigger Right, like Return of the Jedi, Akbar, um, kind of leading the battle, being up in the front. I see that being his role, maybe a mentor to to Poe, um, helping him grow into into the the new leader. Um, you know, maybe him passing the torch. I know they were trying to do that, I think with Leia and Poe in The Last Jedi, but obviously what happened kind of takes that away. I I do think this is going to be a, a cool role for Lando. If you've seen him, if you've seen Billy D, he looks in great shape. He. A couple I think go a, a year back, he wasn't in hot shape. He wasn't walking well. He didn't look good. Right now he look he looks pretty sharp. When he was on the the red carpet for solo, you know, and he and he was um getting his pictures done and and he looked pretty good. I was ready. I was like, ah, oh, he can pull this off. This is gonna look good. And any any problems he has walking or they can take care of that, you know, in, in the film. But uh, I'm pretty excited, and I think he's going to play a, a, a big role. I'm sure he'll have something to do with Maz. I do hope, again, our theory plays out that when they contacted Maz in The Last Jedi and she was in a labor dispute, in a union dispute, that was helping Lando. And that would have tied back to the Empire Strikes Back when when uh, he's talking to Han when they first go into Cloud City. He says, I've had labor disputes of every kind, and Han laughs at him. I think that would just fit. If Maz was having a helping in a union dispute blasting, and she was actually with Lando somewhere wherever he was, and that's why he couldn't come or why he wasn't there in the first place or he was stuck in a in a thing and he just couldn't get away and when he didn't get away, it was just too late. I think that would play out perfect. I don't know if they could explain that all in a movie, especially if you have a big time jump, but I would take a comic, a book, whatever to help to fill that in and explain that. Um, that would fill some holes and calm some people down from The Last Jedi 2, although they'll be like, oh, they're just trying to fix what happened and got fucked up. No, it just takes time to build a story that big and to bring characters in and make changes because obviously nobody saw Carrie Fisher passing away. So, you know, who knows if Lando would have been in it or not, but right now is the perfect time for him to come in, be a leader, help drive uh, the Resistance forward, and... You know, and, and really give us a nice send off with the last original character we're really missing. And damn it, I didn't get Lobot in solo. I better see older Lobot with Lando still. That would be fucking rad. Make that happen, JJ. If I don't see Lobot again, I'm gonna be really pissed off. Like to the point if episode nine is like the greatest movie ever, I'll be like, Oh, that was great. But fuck it. I hate it. I'm boycotting it. I didn't see Lobot. That's where I'll be. I'll be that stupid fan that I didn't see Lobot, so it's over. You know, he deserved a hero's welcome or a hero's farewell. That's how everybody is with, with smaller characters that, you know, die off screen or we don't see. Oh, what happened to them? They should have had a bigger thing. That's how I'll be with Lobot. That, that's that's my go-to. That's my bar. I'll be like, oh, come on now. So now, I'm going to go ahead and... This is going to be a pretty quick episode, obviously, right? I'm kind of flying through it, talking fast and getting through. I do have to go to work again. Like I said, this whole fucking work thing, man, I have no... Family life balance whatsoever, but I am going in late to uh, interview some people for jobs, so I set set myself a a little late schedule so I can get in here and do this. But um, what I missed on Starlight Digest and what I was looking forward to this whole fucking time when we're doing the uh, the movie breakdowns was the second half of episode three, and the reason I'm so bummed, and I mentioned it on the Instagram page is that the second half of episode three is probably the best second half, or at least on par with episode five, with Empire Strikes Back. The emotions going on, what we see, and and um, the, the breakdown of the Republic, the rise of Sidious into the Emperor, um, all these things are just bar none, some of the most important things that happened in the entire history of the movies. So just kind of go, I know we had left off where Obi-Wan and Anakin said goodbye for the last time. Right, that's where we we left it. And then how Anakin ended up going to see Palpatine, and Palpatine is basically breaking down to Anakin, you know, join me, Um, I can teach you the ways of the dark side. And Anakin at this point really should have just taken... Palpatine down, but you know, he was so twisted in who he could trust anymore. He had trusted Palpatine, but he didn't trust the Jedi. Um, they were holding things back from him, he thought. Palpatine was always open with him, and Palpatine right here is telling him his biggest secret. You know, that had to tear Anakin apart. Though he went and told Mace, he's letting them handle it, but he, uh, he couldn't take down Palpatine himself. And I think that was really important. Um, there, that Palpatine had taken this time, he knew he had it all planned out, he knew this was the exact moment that he he had Anakin, um, he knew what was about to happen, he knew Padme was about to have the baby, all these things, and it was time now, he was gonna have Anakin, he was gonna have the kids, he was gonna have everything, you know, Palpatine knew what was going on, It it was perfect for him to break out and tell him, and tell him the story of Darth Plagueis, and all these things, it was just so awesome. Um, and you get to really see, I think this is where, um, Ian McDermott just just shine uh, through all of this was him talking to Anakin and really manipulating Anakin and and that was that was awesome. Um the low light for me throughout episodes the all of the prequels was Padme. Um I do think she was pretty wooden but the second half of episode 3 I was totally cool with any kind of uh, woodenness we'll call it. Um, any kind of lackluster performance, I, I forgave because I did see the emotion and the rest of the movie kind of went with it. You know, the cool things in, in here, too, also, we see obviously Yoda on, on Kashyyyk. Um, let me talk about that real fast. So, when Order 66 happens, okay, um, and I'm gonna jump around here a little bit because I haven't watched a movie in a while. I'm going off top of my head. And Yoda can feel it all happening, you right. You see, um, die, and you see, you know, Isla Secura, and you see everybody get massacred by the clones, who we had, you know, at that point, didn't matter. You're like, oh, this, the clones were programmed, no big deal, or they were just trained, not programmed, they were trained that this was eventually going to happen. Clone Wars really made, after watching Clone Wars, it made Order 66 even worse, um, as far as emotions, you know, knowing that these were, these were their guys' friends, you know, how, um, Cody had just given Obi-Wan his lightsaber. they have been battling for years together. They were friends. They were all this. And in a heartbeat, you know, Execute Order 66 and Cody immediately turns around and points and they blast at Obi-Wan, you know, uh, things like that. It's just, uh, you know, it makes that way, way more emotional. But as we see uh, Yoda on Kashyyyk and you see the uh, the troopers come from behind, which also, some of the best stuff too, when you see the camouflage clone biker scout guys, those are some of the coolest um, of all the saga because I always liked Biker Scouts loved Biker Scouts when I was a kid so to see him again now as clones in and, and that familiar garb uh, that was fucking rad and Yoda turned around and decapitating both of them in a heartbeat and the Wookiees not even blinking like blaming Yoda they knew something was up because Yoda wouldn't fuck around you know I think that was fucking awesome uh, the piece I'm going to bring up about Yoda right now is I think it's a huge huge miss um, this kind of goes to the end of the movie too When he takes off in that pod and escapes and everything, right? And then they get the twins, and they separate the twins. And in a deleted scene, you actually see Yoda landing on Dagobah. There should have been a point where Obi-Wan, with Luke, dropped Yoda off. I think that would have been huge um, to link back to the original trilogy. And I think this was a huge, huge miss. Because it was one of my theories going into that movie was like, oh, we're going to actually see luke on dagobah as a baby um because of the simple fact that in empire when he says when he tells r2 he says i don't know there's something familiar about this place it would have just made so much sense for him to be an infant a newborn and be on dagobah and sense it as a as a force sensitive as a super force sensitive right and then 19 uh, 22 years later feel it still and recognize it and know that he had been there before, even as an infant, it would have made so much sense and had we just got that little bit of scene, right? Obi-Wan fucking drop him off and go. That's all we needed, you know, and, and they did have... It was a huge, huge fucking miss. Um, but, oh well. Uh, That's that probably my one gripe with that film. The other parts, I remember back, you know, when we watched this in, what, 2005... Um, the Order 66 and the younglings when, you know, obviously Anakin takes out the, the Jedi Temple and he goes up and you get the Master Anakin, you know, what are we going to do? And he ignites his lightsaber and we know he kills the kids. That, to me, is like the darkest fucking thing that could have possibly happened. I didn't need to see him kill the younglings, right? But that, that look on that kid's face when the... The, the saber ignited the fact that they all respected and, and obviously um looked up to anakin and felt he was the protector remember at this point anakin and obi-wan are like basically famous across the galaxy you know the greatest jedi um you know if you like read the books and and things like that of the novelizations you would know that they were quite famous they were on the holonet all the time it was it was those two were were it you know they were the, the major generals in this war Um, And these kids obviously see him as a master, even though he's really not, other than to Ahsoka. Um, And for him to turn on them and just be able to slaughter those kids is like the darkest fucking thing it could possibly put into a movie. And back then, I remember my kids were pretty young. I mean, Luke was, uh, what was Luke? Luke was six. And I was like, damn, I'm going to let him watch it, but this might, you know, fucking freak him out. This part and in a minute, we'll talk about. But that was a huge, huge deal, you know, and I I just I think they did a really great job there and, and so important to showing how quick he turned and, and how fucked up it was. Um, jumping back a bit, let's go to the Palpatine piece where he took out, you know, the the really four Jedi Masters if you count Mace, um, but just sawed through him, right? Um, when they call him out, they go to arrest him, and he just saw us through him. You see how powerful Palpatine is, and that's the first time we really get to see, well, the first of two times, really, how powerful he can be with a lightsaber and in a fight and in a battle and actually doing things. How fucking badass is that? You know, um, you don't see that in any other films. And for him to go off and him and, uh, and Mace Windu have that fight and then you see Anakin walk in right when Mace is about to take him, you know Palpatine knew he was coming. I don't think Palpatine was ever really in any danger at all. I think he was setting that up to make it look that exact way. I think he played it out knowing Anakin was coming. Palpatine is so powerful. So he knew anakin was on the way he played that out left mace windu alive he could have killed mace windu when he killed all the other ones he could have done that right then um he could have used force lightning whatever he had to do the the, the he didn't even use the force you know until the, the force lightning came out i swear he just waited for that moment for anakin to come in you, you see him even give a look over there and then pull his force lightning out and then have it blast back on himself and then know that and beg for anakin for help and for Anakin to do it in turn and know that at that point, once he had attacked and Mace Windu died, that there was no turning back. He was not going back, not going to be forgiven. He had turned, and that, that piece that had been stuck in him throughout Clone Wars, throughout his childhood on Tatooine, everything, that dark side part just came right out. And I think that was super important. Um, kind of weird how much prosthetics and makeup they put on McDermott for that I don't think he had to go quite as far and it does look kind of goofy but I um, think that was awesome really important um, but you know Palpatine was never in really any danger or really any harm because he popped right up after that whole thing right after even after a transformation on his face though that did bring me back to uh, that old theory I had where there are different uh, old Sith spirits in each one like my old Snoke theory how when Palpatine died and the blue light went up and it found the next strongest force user um dark side user that's how I kind of saw right there like this entity was inside of Palpatine and that lightning and him releasing was just releasing that entity and then you see him uh when anakin kneels and you hear the different voice inside palpatine you don't hear later it sounds like there are two voices in there you know i can feel the power you know all this stuff and um as he's knighting him darth vader it sounds like there's two voices there and i swear that's just the the force entity taking over that will take a lot of books and comics to explain or at least a couple pages um but i think that would be a a badass part to add somewhere in the lore so that whole part was awesome. I mean, there's really no bad parts to the second half of episode three at all. Um, even when Yoda and Obi-Wan go to the temple and everybody's dead or they take out the last clone troopers, with Yoda throwing the uh, saber through the clone sh- chest, you know, that was, and then jumping on his chest and pulling it out, that was fucking rad, right? You, that That's a, a slick move to put in the movie. Um, but then seeing the security recordings and then realizing what was going on and Obi Wan knowing already before seeing it, and Yoda telling him, Yoda obviously knew. He's all, if you look in there, you're only gonna find pain. And then he looked anyway, just to just to verify. And that's something we would all do, right? You you may know something bad's going on, but you've just got to see it. You've got to have proof, and you've got to have it in your heart to know what what happened. And that's exactly what Obi Wan did and saw it, and you know, basically told Yoda, I can't kill Anakin. You know, you take Anakin, I'll take the Emperor. But Yoda knowing that that's not necessarily a trial, but it's what has to happen. The Master is going to have to take out the Apprentice. Um, and, and that's a really emotional piece from, from from Obi-Wan, who, again, is the highlight. McGregor is the highlight of the entire uh, prequel trilogy and Qui-Gon, obviously, but he was a short time. Um, but he is absolutely the highlight of the entire thing. And then he goes to meet with Padme, right? And the Padme scene is super important. I don't don't even think she was horrible here. Um, But she had, you know, protected Anakin, knew Anakin was going off um, to Mustafar to make peace. Um, So he thinks, he's kind of still got that in his head where he's doing bad things, but I think he thinks he's doing it for the right reason. You know, he wants to make peace at this point before he goes berserk. And... But when you go, when Obi-Wan goes in there and kind of calls her on the, the whole thing about the pregnancy and I need to take care of Anakin and she's worried about him killing him and, you know, it, how emotional is that? Knowing they, what they have been through and Obi-Wan, obviously knowing that Anakin's the father and saying he's sorry, but knowing that he has to go kill his brother, Padme's love, the father of these, this kid, he didn't know his kids yet. You know, all this stuff, and he has to go take this on. I've told you before, Obi-Wan has had a a very tragic arc, too. None of our heroes, Luke, um, Leia, Obi-Wan, these guys, Anakin, they've all had very, very tragic arcs. Um, Obi-Wan is just the one that stayed, and Leia, um, stayed pure good the whole time. And I've always said that he is, uh, Obi-Wan is the ultimate good in, in the saga. Anyway, leaving that, then we get to pretty much the best fight we're going to see is when Obi-Wan confronts Anakin on Mustafar. And at this point, I mean, it just goes berserk. And it's one of the most emotional things. This is probably even... Honestly, it's more emotional than even the Vader-Luke Empire fight. Uh, Going through, it's a long-ass fight, right? Um, Anakin's obviously trying to think he can take over and build his own empire, tells Padme that. She calls him on the Youngling thing and he doesn't really answer it, but you know, she knows that he's done it. Um I mean she's forgiven him already for killing tons of people and sand people and all this other stuff. But this this Youngling thing is obviously maybe the tipping point, though she seems stuck in Padme world. But um and then to see Obi Wan there You know, Anakin has probably had feelings that there's something's going on there, and he's had a a bad feel of Obi-Wan and Padme. Even in his visions, when you see her dying with the babies, he sees Obi-Wan in that same vision. So he sees Obi-Wan now, thinking that she's with him or that they've teamed up against him to take him down and starts choking her. And, you know, you get Obi-Wan with the whole, hey, check me out, I'm taking my robe off, let's fight, you know, badass McGregor scene right there. I mean the the whole scene from start to finish and the lightsaber uh dueling and the uh the choreography in that is just phenomenal the emotion in it is phenomenal um you know it, it's 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 one of those things where it's some of the most important stuff and we knew it was coming right way back when from um old stories we knew that at some point Obi-Wan the rumor was or the story was that Obi-Wan had kicked Anakin basically into a pit of lava, and he survived it, and that's how it came. It's close enough, right, to what happens. But, you know, we get in this fight, and they're making all these, these great moves and force-pushing each other, and you can tell they're just so equal in every way um, that Obi-Wan has trained them so long that they have the same moves, they have the same technique and everything. Um, but Obi-Wan's obviously just a little bit smarter when it came to the high ground piece. You know, obviously, he must have learned that through the the Darth Maul fight or what have you. But when it gets to that point and he tells him not to do it and Anakin does it and he chops him up and has to leave him for dead, you know, he picks up his saber and you go through the whole, I hate you. And Obi-Wan with the, I love you. You were my brother, Anakin. You're supposed to, you know, destroy the Sith, not become it. And and all these things, it's so fucking um, emotional and important to the story and, and the ending so I think that was just probably one of my favorite pieces of all of it. I mean, that's even better than the duel of the fates. That that fight right there is is phenomenal. Um and then we see him pick up the saber obviously which we know is important for episode 4. He had to do that. Um and leave him there assuming he's dead. I mean, the guys just about limbless, right? And uh and sitting there burning on fire, which is like the most gruesome thing you can see in Star Wars. That was really fucking gruesome especially in 2005. Um, And that's the part where I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to let my kids see this shit. But of course I did, because that's me. How could I possibly not let them see it? Um, Then you got the Yoda and Palpatine fight going on at the same time, which was awesome. I loved when Yoda walked in and popped the two royal guards to the side and knocked them out. Um, Just great, great bits. And you can tell Palpatine was so ready to fight Yoda. And he'd been waiting for years and years for this, because he always knew. Um, then we get the fight in the, uh, in the Senate chamber and the, the, throwing the Senate chairs and the podiums. It was, uh, really just well done. You know, it, that, that fight with Yoda was even better than the one when obviously in episode two, everybody has a problem with him hopping around, but him hopping around in the Senate chamber, I don't think anybody ever bitched about that was a, a, a great bit there. And, you know, after that fight, after he had lost that fight, you know, he told immediately Bail Organa that he had to, to go into exile. That was that the barash vow that we saw in the comics. You know, he he had failed. He needed to go away until he could figure out what to do. Um, he had to go into exile. He, he's one of, if not the last Jedi at that point. You know, he doesn't know who else is surviving. He doesn't know if Obi-Wan's going to make it, anything. He has to go into exile to, to hide at that exact moment. So we got... Obi Wan leaving, seeing the twins, which I know everybody bitches about the the broken heart thing, but you know I get it. And you're you're seeing the the death of Anakin's love, you're seeing the birth of the twins, and at the same time the death of Anakin and the birth of Darth Vader as we know him all at the same time, and I think that's super strong. Um, so it really ties everything in, and and I couldn't ask for anything better now. We did expect to see Vader more. We expected to see Vader maybe the last 30 minutes in garb, but it made sense to see Vader as or Anakin as Vader being named Vader and having just his regular body. So I ended up being totally cool with that and just seeing um, him become or, or be put in the mask. And the view of the mask coming over his head—you've seen the inside of Vader's helmet—that's Th- fucking rad. I mean, they they really did a good job. George Lucas did an awesome job um, of that piece. Um, Then, of course, the plan to separate the twins, give Leia to Bale, have Luke take, uh, I mean, have Obi-Wan take Luke to Tatooine. You know, that's all really important, having that discussion to know who knew what was going on. Um, And At that point, you know, obviously it's important to four knowing that Bale knew Obi-Wan was still alive, um, knew where he was, knew how to get a hold of him. That's why he sent the message, the the plans to Obi-Wan, knowing that he was there and that he could help. Um, not knowing maybe where Yoda was. Maybe they kept Yoda more of a secret than Obi-Wan because he knew where, where Luke was going. He didn't maybe necessarily know where um, Yoda was going. So that part is obviously super important. The other piece being that explained the Force Ghost stuff that, you know what, communed with Qui-Gon I have, and he's going to teach you how to communicate with him and this and that, and that that was really important. It would have been cool to actually to see Qui-Gon or hear Qui-Gon right there, but it was really important, um, and it was really fleshed out well in the Clone Wars, how that got to that point. So I, I think uh you know, really tied that in, uh awesome stuff, and then the obviously emotional ending where you see the twins land on their their new planets and you see Leon Alderaan with her new family and you see Obi Wan giving Luke over and then the, the twin sunset. Um, with Owen and Baru, I, Just phenomenal last half of that movie. And I'm so bummed I didn't get to talk about it and go through it with the guys on that show because I was waiting so long to, to get to that episode. But, you know, again, shit happens. But just going through all, all the, the eight saga movies, it's really hard to put any other back half besides maybe Empire. Um, with Han getting frozen and Fett taking him and the uh, I'm your father. And besides that part, it's 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 really hard. I just think there was more going on in Episode 3 that tied everything together, that really closed it up and made that... that That's why that's my top three movie um, out of all the saga. That's why it goes Empire, A New Hope, and Revenge of the Sith. And to be honest with you, A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith are pretty on par. So... And Empire, I think, is just because it's always been my favorite. Nothing will ever touch it, and I don't... It would take a ton. So, that's kind of my recap of that. Um, shit, the show went an hour. I was kind of shocked with that. I was figuring a 30-minute uh, welcome back, uh, where the fuck have I been type of type of thing, and let's just catch up. But we made it through an hour. Um, you know, sorry for the, the break. I'll try to get back right on track. I'll try to get back on Sarlacc next week. And... Uh, you know, if you guys ever want to, you know, shoot me some fucking thoughts, man. Uh, put it on the page. I'll I'll put your name on here. Blast it. Send me the voice clips. Put it. Message me on uh, Chris Franz on Facebook. Message me a voice message on Instagram. Send it to my email. You know, Chris Franz, K R I S Franz, F R A N Z eleven at Gmail. Send me voice clips. I would love to hear from you. I would love to respond. Whether you agree with me, disagree with me, I'd love to have a a little rebuttal. You get you give me a five minute rant. Go for it. Give me a fucking five-minute rant. I'll put it on here, and then I will dissect it. Whether I agree with it or not, I will I will either go off your points and go for it, or I will blast your ass and cuss you down. Either way, it's going to be fun, right? But do that. You know, get, get, I want to change this show up. I want to make sure that episode 10 was a blast when we went through all those, those uh, voice clips and got responses and had people jumping in. I love that. I just don't have the schedule to do live type of uh, call-in shows, but... Uh, the voice clips would be tremendous to add to this. At least one or two an episode would be cool. And you can do shit if you got something every week. I don't need to hear from you once. You can you can jump in and make yourself a, a regular guest. Send me something every fucking week, and I will put it on this show, and we will we will go through it. All right. So uh, tell you what. I'll catch you guys next week on Sarlacc. The week after, back on here. I'm gonna try and get back on regular schedule. And until next time, I'll see you in hell. <laughs>
1: Going in, it's too big. Size matches didn't go in, so it's big. Hey, Paul, what I was thinking is that I wanna put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So like
0: screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. And yeah, yeah. But what about, I like it.
1: Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself maybe he can you know just record a promo for us sometime do you think i I mean we might have to like raise some money
0: we can do a kickstarter
1: and we could just throw it out to like robert england and you know just, just all kinds of actors and and i think people will do that i think sure why not well you know i don't know maybe we're overthinking this whole thing how about if we just tell people where to find us i like that you can find us at will survive on itunes stitcher on the legion podcast network and on the raw live and unedited podcasting network also on facebook and instagram under the same name oh wait can we do it underwater Uh, with piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo. all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, <laughs> no, no! Uh, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Robb, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin interviews. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes
0: one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new
1: canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, it, it, I shed a Holy tear, sh- dude. what
0: Not f***ing cannon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just... The, the soundtrack just starts raising, and uh, then... Uh, you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand-new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, oh did I tell you that I was going to get my next...
1: Uh and The Collecting World. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles. Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***?
0: No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw, Live, and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com.
1: Uh, Fix and Flix is uh, part of the Raw, Live, and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!